Let's Get Two presents Go, Go Astro! Go, Go Astros! A focus on H Town Hardball. And now, a word from the president. My fellow Americans, our long national nightmare is over. First of all, I want to thank. Uh, President Ford for introducing this episode. I uh, think he put it better than anyone. Unfortunately, we're still stuck with our own tricky dick, Rob Manfred. Uh, we'll work on that later, but we are back. Remember, we weren't supposed to be back for like two weeks, and now Brian and Andy are back because did anybody have um, March 10th as when the lockout would end? Brian, is that when you was that? That's what you thought, right? You had it nailed. I mean, certainly if you listen to our last episode, we were, uh, you know, Andy was wearing black and not because it was Johnny Cash's birthday. Um, <laughs> I was talking about how he's giving up baseball for Lint, not by my choice, but by Rob Manfred's. And, uh, you know, it is a, it is a miracle, right? Whatever holiday we want to add to that. Yeah, St. Patrick's Day. Let's go with that. Let's go with that. St. Patrick's Day drove the owners out of, out of baseball. Um, does the fact that it was, Look, let's be honest. Um, if you think about the time they started negotiating to the time it got done, it really wasn't that long a period of time. I mean, it's I almost it, like you could have gotten it done in a 43-day window. Oh, wait a minute. Well, that's my point. Like, does that frustrate you a little bit? Yeah, exactly. So I guess the big question then becomes um, how it deals with the Astros. Now, one of the things I'm not sure about, so I'd love for your guys' opinion the Astros were one of the four teams, I guess the players' teams, players. that rejected yeah. the deal. What does that say to you guys? It's hard for me to understand, to, to sort of analyze that vote, because there are two possibilities. One is it's a sincere preference of everyone's vote. And Lance McCullers, the Astros, who's the Astros player representative, and then Jason Castro is on the players, is one of the eight, eight players on the players' board. Uh, they both voted against. They both voted against mm. it. The other thing I wonder is, I don't know if this has been on the case on committee. You guys have been on, but sometimes votes can essentially be arranged. We want the number to come out so that we are sending a signal to people about what this is, and so therefore we, the union leadership, and we'll get a couple people to go along with us here. We're going to vote against this to still show to Rob Manfred and Dan Hallam and the various people and the owners that we're still not fully satisfied and we're not, you know, gonna, you know, we'll, we'll continue to fight for this stuff in the future. And so that's, I, I don't know, I've seen no reporting on this. Um, it's either one of those seem to be a plausible scenario to me. And I don't sort of know which way to go on this. Andy, your and rebuttal. I don't, anybody, I don't think anybody, there's no rebuttal. I don't think anybody <laughs> wants to poke the bear and find out why those players voted the way they did either. Um, the entire executive subcommittee voted against the deal, but their membership voted for it. I, I think that's symbolic. I think they knew the votes were going to cast and they can come back in five years ago. Look, we knew this wasn't a good deal and we want to start blah, 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 blah. Uh, for the Astros specifically, I don't know how much Lance McCullers is involved with the organizational strategy. So I'm going to give him a lot of credit here, but I would suspect somebody from the Astros would vote against this deal primarily because of the international draft, which we're not going to get into a lot of, but the Astros have invested very heavily in Latin America and baseball camps throughout the really the last 20, 30 years. Uh, they yeah. were one of the first teams to go to places like Venezuela and the Dominican Republic. Um, and 
that is a huge part of their strategy that if there is an international draft in place, they're going to lose access to players and we could do five shows on what the impact on that could be. But that's really the only thing I could think of. More likely Lance McCullers Jr. is gunning to be on the executive committee the next time we have these negotiations and wants to show that he can take a firm stance. And uh, he's got a five-year contract. It's a five-year deal, so he'll be around. You You guys with your conspiracy theories. All right, so um, we're officially now, I guess, in hot stove season. Apparently Um, not, because the deadline, it was at 7 o'clock last night. I think it started making transactions, and no one's made a transaction. Not a one. I mean, this is in the NBA. They do two things at the deadline. One is half the deals announced, and the other is half of them have dinner reservations that suddenly – uh, pop up at that exact moment. Apparently, Major League Baseball agents and GMs are rule followers. I, I mean, that might be the first honest thing that the owners have said since the 2nd of December, uh, is that we're really shutting down operations and we're not going to negotiate. There's going to be no backroom talk. Um, you know, good, good for them. Good for sticking to it. Uh, I guess they also get into the concept of collusion if they start talking too much among themselves. So, you know, they, it is what it is. I would assume that deals are going to start trickling through today. Um, I know groundwork was laid for a lot of things prior to December 2nd. And I know there are some players like Carlos Correa, uh, who I assume we're going to be talking about in a minute or two, uh, who wanted the landscape to shake out with a higher CBT to enable him to have a better pick of teams. So let's jump into uh, Carlos. Uh, Jim Crane had a quote to Mark Berman. Uh, Jim Crane on the Astros priorities heading into spring training depends on what happens with Carlos. Our center fielder has been injured. Shortstop is an issue and center fielder. Those are some other objectives. Maybe add an arm or two to the bullpen regarding taking another run at Carlos Correa. I'm sure we'll engage one more time and we'll see what happens. Carlos is a great player. He's a one of a kind player. I thought we made a good offer before. We'll see where we're at on their side. I'm sure we'll talk to him shortly. Andy, I'm going to go to you first because you were kind of poo-pooing some Twitter people last night, being a curmudgeon, when everybody was saying, oh, look, a higher CBT, we can sign Carlos. And your point was, uh, it's about the years. It's not about the annual. It's that, that part hasn't changed. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's always been the sticking point. If it was just money, we would have found a way to deal with it prior to the lockout because the money could, be, the money could have been gotten to. You could have gotten to through negotiation um where he wants to be which is the highest paid annual uh, highest paid annual or per year value shortstop in baseball the problem is he wants 10 years worth of that and the astros have under jim crane never given more than a five-year contract i don't know that that's a gap that's going to get bridged and honestly i don't know that the astros should be a team to bridge that uh because you're talking about a 10-year contract for a 27 year old player means you're paying playing for years 35 36 37 which are not typically your best years in a, as a middle infielder um it's just or seven, third baseman yeah seven to me is workable i don't know that crane comes off his five-year stance um and i don't know that carlos correa as emotional as we get about the Astros and especially members of that 2017 team, I don't know if he's the player that you break your rule for. Okay. Brian, what did you think? Yeah. I mean, the basic analysis of Andy is right that the Astros have never given out a contract longer than five years. That's the extension they signed for Altuve 
McCullers, and Bregman. And those are, I think they gave a six-year offer to Correa at one point. Um, but he should be able to command an eight or a 10-year offer. And so my sort of mental attitude is Carlos Correa is gone. And uh, if I'm wrong, I, that's, uh, I'm, I'll be happy to be wrong. See, yeah, I think it's the same thing. Go ahead, Andy. It, to me, it's a little short-sighted on Correa's part. And I know he's got new uh, representation, Scott Boris. And I know Astros fans get a chill up their spine when they hear Scott Boris. I will say that Scott Boris is the same agent that Altuve's extension and McCullers extension exactly. and Bregman's extension. So there's no barrier to working with the Astros. I still think the issue becomes that length of years. What's going to be interesting is even with more money, what teams need Carlos Correa? I think it op- I think the CBT and that new limit opens up the Yankees probably back to being a player, but you're talking about him probably having to make a position change if he's doing that. And I don't know if that's something he wants to do. Um, he's very you know determined to be a shortstop at the major league level, and he's proven he can be. But is he a third baseman in a different organization? Is he willing to do that? If he is, that opens up a whole new swath of teams that might be willing to pay him who now have a new $25 million extra dollars just hanging around. Yeah. Yeah, there were some buzz on the Cubs this morning, which would be fine by me. Um, the Yankees would be uh, personally painful, but the Yankees moved their shortstop to second base towards the end of last season because he couldn't defensively handle handle that and shifted their infield around. So it'd make a lot of sense for them to sign a uh, shortstop. So uh, fingers crossed it's somebody else. I uh... – I have, I for one hope it's the Yankees just because I want to watch the mental gymnastics that will occur from their fan base. So you don't have to live with those people. Very fair. I do not. That's very fair. Um, so I guess if it's not Carlos, I, I, I am hesitant to jump on the Pena train right away with a team that's a contender. Um, Am I, am I mistaken here, Andy, or do you think? No, I think the Astros are too. Um, so I think you see a stopgap type of sign. And, and what will be interesting is now with this new extra money that you can spend. And, and to be fair, I, I'm going to get a Twitter angry at me again. Jim Crane spends money. He's not a cheap owner. So yeah. that needs to stop being part of the narrative. We, we are one of the haves in baseball right now. Uh, and that's because he chooses to spend. He's seen that spending is good. You have a good team. You have people show up to games and buy merchandise. It's all a good thing. Um, but having said that, I don't think Pena is the answer this year, at least not the first part of this year. I see a veteran being signed, and it will really depend on what you think that veteran's flexibility is going to be. So Trevor Story is a real interesting guy out there that I think is attainable for a team like the Astros. But is he willing to do a three-year deal? or even a five-year deal. And if he is, where do you put him in years three, four, and five of those deals? Because Pena should be ready right now. And Pena, even though he is not ranked highly by the Keith Laws of the world, is a plus-plus defensive player, which is the number one priority of being a shortstop. And he does have a history of hitting in the minor leagues. He's got to prove it at the major leagues, just like every other player. Right. But he is absolutely the kind of player a team like the Astros have to build on. So he's going to get his chances. I just don't think they're sold on that being this year. And maybe that's a different story if he wasn't hurt the majority of last year. Yeah. Okay. I'm more optimistic on Jeremy Pena uh, and Jeremy Pena being the shortstop this year than Andy is. 
At AAA last year, his slash line was 287, 346, 598. Um, again, he was injured most of the year, but he had a you know, with like a, a wrist injury and he came back and you know, was a power, was a power hitter. He leveled, you know, he seemed to level up at triple a, he still got the great defense and he's, he's in the gym all the time, apparently, because he's built like a, uh, he's built himself up. Like a brick. <laughs> yeah. It's a much better thing than what I said. It's a much pithier thing than what I said. And the projections <laughs> for Pena are that he would be a close to average hitter at shortstop. Um, you look at sort of the various projections if you go to like fan graphs. Um, so I'm I'm okay if they end up with Jeremy Pena. I expect Jeremy Pena to be, if not the opening day shortstop, the shortstop who they move up as soon as service time manipulation, which didn't get dealt with much in this CBA, as soon as service time manipulation allows them to. Part of that is yeah, Trevor Story's out there, and he says we're not sure he wants to sign a short-term contract. And then outside of Trevor's story, your options at shortstop are Andrelton Simmons, who may be done as a hitter, or Jose Iglesias, or, you know, a bunch of guys who, you know, is is like a possibility, but he may be on a minor league deal. And you're, you're dancing a line there with like a player like Simmons. If all you need is defense from that position, might as well play Pena, but then you're worried about messing up his ability to hit because there is a process for that. Very few players just go to the minors and hit automatically. What'll be interesting from the uh, Astros fan perspective is, is Pena is that realistically him coming up and hitting 250 would probably be a win for the Astros organization, at least initially, but the Astros fans are going to lose their minds if they have a shortstop only hitting 250, right? Because <laughs> Carlos Correa's batting average has been, oh, no, wait a minute. That's about right. I want Adam Everett back. I mean, if you're going defense only, he's the guy. Yeah. Probably still plays better than half the major leaguers. Pro- probably so. Um, center field is an issue. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I feel like we had two serviceable options. Now we have one for at least the first few months. Do you see us signing a center fielder for free agency, Brian? There's not a lot of center fielders out there. One possibility is to sign a quarter corner outfielder, sign, maybe get involved in, say, a Suzuki, who is the guy from J- Japan who's going to come over, or someone like Michael Conforto, who's a high LVP guy, and then move Kyle Tucker to center field. You take a defensive hit there, uh, but you're, you know, that would be that would be the that would be the effective move you could make. You know, I'm not sure they're going to do that. I suspect they're more likely to sign. And maybe old friend Jake Maristic will sign an NRI, uh, a non-roster invitee, to spring training, and he can compete with Chaz McCormick and Jose Siri uh, for a spot on the roster. Yeah, it's it, there's not a lot in the. I think if you're going to acquire outside the organization a center fielder, it's going to be have to be a trade if you want an impact player. Um, I. I as sad as I am to say, and I hope that I'm wrong because I'm not you know, obviously a medical professional, I don't think we should be counting on Jake Myers to make an appearance this year. Uh, when you have a shoulder injury that has gone from, we just need to look at it, to shoulder surgery, to shoulder surgery kind of late in the spring, um, at least when it happened, if he's back by midseason, great. How effective is he going to be yeah. at the point? And, and even then, you – he has a round of adjustments that he has to make to major league pitching, just like major league pitching is going to be adjusting to him. Um, that's probably a more fruitful approach 
and I'd want to say they had a, a wealth of starting pitching to deal with, but they really don't when you consider that Lance McCullers Jr. and Justin Verlander probably aren't available on opening day. Yeah, the McCullers con- injury is a concern. Um, I don't know how much of that was posturing by saying I would have been healthy if we been if we if I could have been at the Astros team facility, but I can't, so I won't. Um, but it does seem like the strength of this team is going to be pitching if if we're acknowledging that at least three positions in the lineup maybe aren't going to hit right. Like I don't think Maldonado is going to turn into for as much as I love my meme, that guy permanently. And I don't, and if we're moving around center fielders, and of course, if we decide that it's going to be Pena, those growing pains. So is that what you think the strength of the Astros is going to be, is going to be the the pitching this year? Yeah. I mean, even with that, they still have a deep starting rotation of, okay. So if you don't have McCullers on opening day, you slide in Christian Javier to the rotation above average, you know, above average pitcher last year, you have a rotation of above average guys. If Verlander still needs more time or more likely Verlander is going to, you know, he'll pitch for a couple of weeks and then need to take a week off, get an oil change and, you know, get himself, you know, you you got Jake Odorizzi who, you know, wasn't great, but was exactly a league average pitcher last year. Um, So again, yeah, that's the strength of the team is you have, you know, have average or above average players. And uh, hopefully you have growth from people like Framber Valdez and Jose Urquidy. Uh, they continue to grow into more effective pitchers. See, w- weirdly to me, I think the keys to the early part of the season are going to be Jake Odorizzi, um, Garcia, and Urquidy. And, and Valdez to an extent, but he's a little bit more established than those three. Uh, I've already seen on Twitter, and I love that. That's that's our pulse of the pulse of the fan base, um, dumping that Odorizzi salary because that seven million dollars is really crippling us from making other moves. He's gonna be a guy that has to eat innings for this team up until July fourth, uh, because that's when you would reasonably hope that Verlander is in a groove that he can at least give you six a game. Uh, that McCullers is back in pitching. That, that that's he's got to be that guy you've got to have veteran leadership in a pitching rotation I, I've always believed that and Valdez probably isn't that guy in this point in his career or Kitty and Garcia certainly aren't but you have a good selection of starting pitching so you if you can have if you have a hit from a health perspective which the Astros are going to open the season with you can you can absorb that with your starting rotation I think Garcia is only going to get better. I think Valdez started to turn a corner after he had to alter some pitching mechanics due to some rule changes um, that I don't want to go into mid-season. I mean, he adjusted better than, say, Garrett Cole did to the same rule changes. Yeah. Well, and I think um, if we if we look at Oda Rizzi's last few starts and those times he had extended relief appearances in the playoffs, he actually pitched quite well. Um I do believe there's something to be said that he wasn't fully healthy when he came back and that maybe now he'll get a regular routine in. Well, and weirdly, the last memory anybody has of Jake Odorizzi is being thrown into that game with no warning and giving up a grand slam. They conveniently forget what he did the rest of the pitching appearances in that game. Uh, He pitched well for the situation. As fans, it's really difficult to consider the situation when you're in a playoff game, I think, Um, which is why we love Carlos Correa, right? He's a career 277 hitter 
but he hits home runs in the playoffs, so he's good. He, <laughs> Here he we watches, go. He makes you listen. There's a lot of fun stuff going on. Maybe Jeremy Pena can do something to make fans forget. Yeah. I had a Correa, I had a hashtag Correa watch uh, a tweet this morning about one of the rumors on him, and then I replied to myself and said, "I'd rather this for Correa. That's the more fun Correa watch." So uh, tapping the wrist. So um, yeah, I think you know. They have seven. They have seven viable are seven viable rotation pieces, and I don't want them to trade Joe, Jacob to Rizzi to be in it a year because they're going to need those. And yeah, that's a problem for player management and egos. And Oda Rizzi has incentives in his contract based on innings, so you know there's there's good reason why he doesn't. You know he's he's kind of got sold a bill of goods by the Astros when they uh, when they signed him, and but you know. We have a we have a manager who's really good. His strength is player relations, and uh, you know, this is this is you know players being angry about their playing time is something that Dusty Baker has dealt with for thirty years, and you know, I'm confident he can figure that you know, he can figure that out. I don't know. Maybe it's just have Odorizzi come to his office every day and punch a hole in the wall with his left hand. Um, you know, because he's angry, and if that works, that works. But yeah, from a from a front office standpoint from a team construction standpoint and from a standpoint of you know not expecting uh 30 you know 32 starts from you know your top five rotation guys i think i think Oda Rizzi needs to be on this team if everything's looking good in july maybe you can send him out at the trade deadline the other thing that may matter on that is if you think hunter brown who is the team's best pitching prospect may be ready to come up to the majors or may be ready to be a starter uh, you know, to take to take to take the ball at that point. Hopefully, he develops, and that would be a good thing. So, Andy, I mean, do you have you heard anything about where Correa could go, or do you have any sort of insight on that? Well, I have a Red Sox fan in my office who uh, has hated Major League Baseball ever since December second. Is never going to go back. And this morning, um, is trying to convince me that Carlos Correa is signing with the Red Sox because he's willing to play second base because Devers and Bogerts are so good that he's willing to take less money. Um, so maybe some breaking news there. Did you fire this person for incompetence? I have not, but he'll probably be written up by the end of the day. Yeah, he probably should. Yeah. I'm, I'm deeply worried about his, that his uh, inability to analyze baseball fills, uh, fills into other areas of his ability to analyze things here. Well, the good, news, the good news for all of us here in Houston is that this person takes mass transit and does not drive himself to work. So. That's good. I will, I will tell you this though. It's an interesting thing you bring up though, about, I don't know, like I'm happy it's back. I was being passive aggressive on Twitter last night where baseball's back. And I would reply with asterisks, major league baseball's back. I, I, I feel, you know, I'm relieved, but are, are, are you guys just pumped? And it's like, we're ready to go. Like Brian, are you as fired up as you would have been normally? Yeah, I mean, it's a very sort of different thing, right? It was denied to us for 99 days, and then, you know, it came back sooner than I thought it would. They, they resolved it quicker than we thought it would. So in that sense, you know, you know, somewhat of the caveman part of my brain is just like baseball, baseball, baseball. Um, you know, my analytical side cares about, you know, one thing I'm sort of worried about here is there's going to be more playoff teams. Um, there's going to be 12-team playoff, and that's going to reduce the value of the regular season a little bit. Um, and that's not something I'm happy of. Uh, there's no like tiebreaker games. They're just going to go to a uh, head-to-head record like it's the NFL, which is a lot less fun. 
Um, so, you know, there are parts of that, which I think are not necessarily good for the competitive part of it. There will be a lottery now. So uh, for the top six uh, picks, everyone, and I believe it is everyone who doesn't make the playoff is in the lottery. So there is a world in which the uh, Blue Jays, who won 91 games last year and were the first team out, would get the number one pick. And uh, frankly, I would like that better than the, you know, than the uh, tankathon we saw between the uh, Orioles and the Diamondbacks last year uh, to, get the, uh, to get the first pick in this year's draft. Um, so, you know, some of the competitive stuff about this will have, you know, influence on how we went to the game. No more ghost runners in the extra innings, which I think is a, uh, and nine, think inning, is a nine, inning, nine inning double headers. I mean, we're back to baseball. Andy, you had any closing yeah. thoughts on that? Oh, I'm just, I, I don't know that the playoffs. Yeah. I understand the take that the playoffs lessen the importance of the regular season, but I also think it's going to bring things that the NFL has that, Major League Baseball at this point doesn't have, which is markets being excited about being in the playoffs deeper into the season, which means your trade deadline is going to be crazy this year with teams trying to position themselves, which means you're going to have fan bases in Miami and maybe Pittsburgh or maybe Baltimore if they get hot at the right times, be excited about baseball for the first time in a really long time. So yeah, does it cheapen it for the Yankees and Dodgers and Astros fans? Probably. And I really like that I'm starting to frame it as those three teams because that pisses off a whole lot of other franchises. Um, yeah, is is tell your coworker. Yeah, like him. Um, but you've got so many more markets that get to be interested in their baseball teams again. Uh, and for me, I you know I can be pissed off at something and still go enjoy their product. I don't love Tom Cruise, but I'll watch his movies. It's kind of the same thing for me. I don't love Rob Manfred. I don't love the business side of baseball. Uh, and we talk about it a lot, unfortunately, but I'll still go sit in games. And if people want to give me tickets, I'm absolutely going to show up. I mean, that's. Yeah. Oh, uh, I, I think that says it well. So we will be back. I, I, I'm at work with this on right now and I don't get yeah. to do, I don't, I don't get to wear my Guriel t-shirt to work all that often. And this was, just a, was, this. was a gift from Andy. There you go. From the actual MLB shop. I will add this as a closing thought here uh, for 99 days, you know, the thing on Twitter, like there's every day Twitter has a main character and your goal is not to be the main character <laughs> for nine last 99 days. The main character on baseball Twitter has been Rob Manfred and whether you're a pro player or a pro owner, or just get this over with, you know, who's no longer going to be the main character on Twitter for the next few weeks, baseball, Twitter, Rob Manfred. And for that, I think we all should be happy. All right, that's a great way to end it. We will be back a week from this coming Monday, uh, hopefully to start breaking down some new moves the Astros have made and what we think is there. And uh, so until then, we'll guys, go Actual through. spring training games to talk about. Actual, actual spring baseball. training. I'm, I'm excited. Actual baseball uh, is actually happening. That's right. Go Strohs, guys. Go Strohs. Go Strohs.